Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 9. Praise God. If you are a PA here tonight, raise your hand. All right. The closest PA would be Brother Carter. Brother Carter, would you please go over there and turn the main chandelier on? It's bothering me. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Amen. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, one thing we do need to mention, and that is the fireworks booth. We normally have two fireworks booth. We only have one this year, and the reason why is because there's limitations with product. They can't get the supplies off of boats that are sitting out in the Long Beach Harbor. And so this is the reason why we only have one. This is not good. The last number of years, we've been able to help our school, mainly help our school with its budget uh, from year to year. So one booth, not really sure how that's going to uh, take place. The last number of years, anywhere from 23, close to $30,000 in fireworks money helps us from year to year with our school budget. And so we're not sure how that's going to end up. So we have one booth, but let's throw everything we've got at one. I believe, Brother Winkler told me, we won't even get the supplies until the day of. So there's a lot of back backup in production in just about every industry in the fireworks um, materials. That's, that's one of those industries. But we're expecting God to still help us out. Amen. If it's not going to be in two booths, it's going to come from somewhere else. And I really, really feel like we need a school. You feel that way? I believe that emphatically, emphatically, we need a Christian school with all that's going on in our world. So we're going to believe and trust God that God's going to help us with all of that. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We will agree together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. I want to speak to you for, for just a few moments here tonight on the law of increasing returns. The law of increasing returns. Lord, we thank you and praise you tonight as we stand in the house of God. For every blessing that has come our way, for every victory that you have given to us, we ask that you would direct us tonight, sink us deep in your word and the principles of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. you. can be seated. There is something called the law of diminishing returns. And so my title tonight is a play on that. That's more, well, that's more known, the law of diminishing returns. And the law of diminishing returns is that if one input in the production of a commodity is increased while other inputs are held fixed, there is a point that will eventually be reached at which additions of the input yield progressively smaller or diminishing increases in output. In other words, you can invest in something and you will receive an output in that investment that is good, but at some point, there is a point in which there are diminishing returns. Uh, we can talk about this with different illustrations in different ways. YouTube has given just about everybody 
the ability to do some kind of crafts, some kind of uh, work. You can look up model numbers. You can figure out how to do just about anything on it. But for people like myself, that that's not something that you do often, there is a law of diminishing returns. When you start trying to do that, and that's not something that you do often, you're putting in a lot of time, and there's an output, but at a certain point, at a certain point, you've spent a lot of time and effort because that's not your expertise, and it is a diminishing return because you've spent too much time trying to do it. So the law of diminishing returns means that at some point it's going to go south on you. The commodity, the output is going to start reducing itself. And so what I want to do tonight is turn that on its head and say that there is something called a law of increase. When we open up the scripture, we find out that God intends for us to give him our very, very best. So no matter what you put into the kingdom of God, there is a law of increase. You're going to be blessed when you give God your very best. It doesn't drop off at some point. I'm going to give God everything, and at some point, it's going to start being limited in its output. It doesn't work that way with God. When you give God your very best, God always increases at whatever position and whatever place that you are, and it just gets better as the blessings of God are poured out to you. There is never a reduction. There is never a diminishing, but there is an increase. I want you to know tonight, on a Tuesday night, I came to give God my very best, and my understanding based on the Word of God is it won't be diminished, but it will be increased. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord, somebody. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I had somebody come to my door, knock on the door, and they came to give me something, and it was very appreciated. And in conversation with them, they started talking to me about the law of increase. They started talking to me about tithes. And he said to me, Pastor, I came to you a number of years ago, and I was in a, a real fix, and we had a conversation about how to get out of that. And in the midst of all of that, uh, do the best that you can do and trust Trust in God. You, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outbless God. It is a principle that's really not even connected to the money. It's the principle that comes before the money. The money becomes a sign that you understand the principle, just like the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is a sign of the underlying principle. Why would God have people speak in tongues to show that there is an evidence of his power and his ability. It's genius, really, because the tongue is the most unruly member in the whole body. And so when the Holy Ghost comes through the tongue, you know that God has set up residence in this physical body, and the best signal and sign is the thing that can destroy, the thing that can talk about and hate and spit all kinds of ugly vapors is the thing that God says, I want you to know that there's a new landlord moving.
moving in to the house. It's the anointing of God and the presence of God. That's just a sign. The greater principle is the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. And he said to me, he said, I, I didn't understand it. I just didn't understand it. I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. I fought against it. And, and you know the whole story. I was in a mess. And God has so turned things around in my life that I am standing before you right now as a very, very blessed individual. It struck me so much I felt like, you know, I need to go back because it's really not about money. Money is the sign, but that's really not the principle. The principle is you should give God the first fruits. You should honor God with everything that you've got, not just your money, but with your time and with your talents and with your abilities and with your voice. Will a man rob God? That's not only talking about money. That's talking about taking from him the things that he gives you. Ladies and gentlemen, if I've got breath to breathe, the first priority with the breath that I've got is to give God praise. I'm not giving anything else praise. I've got breath. I'm breathing. And so I'm going to give God thanks because my very being is wrapped up in the fact that God created me. I want him to know. You're my creator. You're my savior. You're my redeemer. And so I'm going to praise you. Praise God. I know this is a Bible study, but listen to me. Don't let it ever be said, young people, you hear me, hear me, hear me. Don't let it ever be said that you waited too long to give God the very best that you could give of your energy, passion, and strength. I write unto you, young men, because you are strong. I write unto you, young women, because you are strong. You have the ability to do what others cannot, and they, they're at a different stage in life. They can't worship God like you can worship God because you You've got the faculties to give God everything that you've got. Don't wait to give God praise. Don't wait until it's too late. Give him praise when you, while you can. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you, Ari, and it's good to see you. I love you. You're, 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 you're a beautiful young lady, and we're happy to see you in the house of God. Don't wait until your knees go. Don't wait until your back goes. And for those of us that know what, what, what that means, somebody said amen. It was, it was phenomenal when Sister Phyllis on a Sunday morning, all the young people had left. They had left. And we were singing, just a closer walk with thee. And we stopped the song. And Sister Phyllis said, I already made a commitment. Now I felt, felt crazy. But I wanted to walk. Praise God. She can't run. She can't jump. She can't do a lot of things, but she wanted to walk. Why? Because she still wanted to give God the very best that she could. Don't get so caught up in yourself, you don't give God praise. That should be the first priority. Amen. And some folks, we have to, we have to, Tell them, just don't give God too much. Brother Stephen Flores. Praise God. Brother Stephen, I love it when you bring your girls and you come up front. Sometimes you walk a long way to get up here, but I appreciate that. 
Amen. There's something burning there to give God praise. You know, when you're in the battle and you're in a struggle and you, you feel like you're going through trying times, you need to forget about all the stuff and say, God, I'm going to get my focus off all that other stuff and I'm going to magnify you. Praise God. So this individual said to me, I, I, I finally got it. It took me a while, but I understand the principle of it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 17, for if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. I don't want to do anything because I feel coerced to do it. I'm doing it because I want to be a good steward of God's blessing. And it's a necessary part of believing the gospel stewardship. Amen. A wise man's assessment in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 19 said the way of a slothful man is as an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. A slothful man, an individual that that wants to sit within uh, his own environment. He doesn't want to get out. He doesn't want to move. This is a certain path that the wise man is talking about. The way of life is the way of folly. The slothful way is a foolish way. The hardworking way, according to the wise man, is a wise way. Amen. I know that I'm talking about stuff because I feel like we're in the midst of, of a culture where, where somebody needs to say something. We, we live in a culture where nobody wants to do any hard work. And then they've got all these reasons why they can't work. And there's all these obstacles. Everybody's against me and I can't do this or can't do that. Listen, God gave you the faculty and the ability to do whatever you want to do because his power is within you. You need to buckle up, honey, and say, I'll overcome any obstacle. I'll move over any wall. I'm not using any excuse. I'm going to be used in the kingdom of God. My occupation is going to be used. My schooling is going to be used. My education is going to be used. I'm going to make it because God said I'm more than a conqueror. We have developed in the United States of America this this disabling mentality that I'll never amount to anything because too many people are against me. They're against me because of race, color, skin, language, all that kind of stuff. Listen, that's an excuse, and you will never get beyond the excuse. Jesus didn't put his power in us so that we could point to some excuse about why we're not using our abilities as good stewards. No, God gave us the power and the anointing of God to be a light in the world that we're going to shine because there's an anointing on us and we have an ability that only comes from God. I found it interesting. I heard a gentleman on the radio. He said, I could be staying home getting unemployment benefits that pay me more than working, which is insanity. He said, I stopped the benefits and I went back to work. Now, I'm saying that generally, that may not be your case and your situation, and you may be trying, so don't take this as a negative. But here's what I here's what, what resonated with me. He said, I, I just cannot sit at home. I don't have any purpose. 
It doesn't give me any feeling of destiny just sitting here. I want to go out and do something that I feel is productive for somebody else that needs the product or the service that I'm trying to give them. I thought that was very fascinating. We've got some people that only want the blessings of God. They only want the blessings of God. No hardships, no difficulties, no obstacles. They only want to take. They don't want to give. This is not a biblical principle. When you come to the house of God, it should. I know we're going to receive blessing, but it should not be that I'm just coming here for a blessing, but I'm coming to contribute. I'm coming I'm coming to invest in the service, the worship, the anointing, the power of God because somebody needs the service or the product that is in this place called the Holy Ghost. Woo! When everybody worships God, there's an atmosphere where people can receive his spirit and his anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. The slothful man saith, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 13, there's a lion in the way, a lion in the streets. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. God detests this kind of action in regards to that which he imparts. He imparts to us. And then we are to, based on that principle, be good stewards of what, give, what God gives to us. This is revealed in the parable of the talents in which he gives the servants five, two, and one talents. He gives five, two, and one. Some, some people are five-talent people. <laughs> That's just the way that it is. I saw a little clip of somebody singing. Her name is Jennifer Hudson. She comes out of a background of gospel music. Incredible. Five, she's a five-talent. Well, some of us are one-talent singers. I'm not going to get upset at the five-talent singer. I'm going to thank God for the five-talent singer. I'm thankful for, for people who are talented. But our world likes to look at, at all this and then leverage and then, and then, and then try to figure out how, how maybe to drag down somebody so that they can feel better about themselves. And so there's a five, a three, and then there is a, there's a one-talent guy. But the principle is this. The principle is not that there was five, five, two, and one. That wasn't the issue. The principle was, what are you going to do with it? So if you've only got one talent, you still have the same responsibility as the one that has a five talent. So if you just got a one talent, use the one talent to the glory of God. Other people may look at it and say, well, that's one talent. It doesn't matter to God. It's the principle that you're following. God is more interested in the principle than he is on what is perceived by others. You got great talent it for God. If you've got one talent, use it for God and bring a return on what God has given you. This is a principle of stewardship and it also concerns tithes and offerings. It's not exclusive to just this issue. However, again, if, if the understanding of the principle can resonate, you can see that money is 
is a sign indicative of the principle that is being grasped. God gives us everything. We are to be stewards of that. You look in the Old Testament, and there were precedents that were established in tithes. Abraham, Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. The implication there is not that he was coerced, not that he even had to, but he connected the blessing of the Most High God with what he gave back to God. Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verse 21, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And all, everyone say all, all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. He made a commitment. He made a commitment. You cannot outgive God. It is a principle of stewardship. Jacob said, whatever God gives me, I'm going to give him back the first fruits, a tenth of what he gives me. Abraham, Jacob were very, very successful. Now listen to me. People in this church, I'll tell you, this is the secret. People in this church that are very successful are great, great givers. Why? Because they understand the principle. People that seem to struggle have a hard time giving. It's the principle of the matter. It's not about me. Take completely out of the picture. I don't want to give to that pastor. I don't like him anyway. He yells and screams and stomps and does all this stuff. And what's the big deal? Take me out of the picture. It's, it's about God. God, did you know there... There's people that don't even go to this church that every single month turn in ties. Now, that's, that's pretty fascinating to me. There's some people that don't even go to this church. They were invited in high school. Some high school kids invited him to church. And every while, every, just about every month, like clockwork, there is this tithe that comes in. He doesn't even go to church here. But somehow, and I'm not even sure if those boys that witnessed to him, I don't know if they sat around at lunch and said, hey, man, let's talk about tithes and offering. I don't, I don't know how that happened. But he gives. Now, it's not a very substantial amount because he's probably not making a whole lot of money. But he gives. You know what's going to happen? God's going to bless him. God's going to bless him in ways that you can't imagine because the principle is, I think, I think the reason why he's not here, he doesn't live here. He lives somewhere up in the mountains. But he gives tithes because he finds that to be an important principle. You cannot outgive God. You can't. You just can't. The law was very clear. Some people say, well, tithing was under the law, and we're not in the law anymore. But Abraham and Jacob were before the law. And in the law, it was very, very clear. The tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land, the fruit of the trees, the Lord's, it's holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part. Now, this is fascinating, too, because in the law, it wasn't just 10% tithes. It was also 5% offering. And that's just a practice I've always done. Our family's always done that, and we've taught our family to do that. The offerings of this church, they, they, don't, they don't float all the expenses. It's the tithes. I told you Sunday morning, $8,000 a week 
goes into the operation of the church. So the offerings, you know, <laughs> the tithing belongs to the ministry. Well, folks, if that were the case, this place would fall down around all of our ears because the offering wouldn't support all of the, the expenses. And so to say, well, the tithe belongs to the ministry, I, I, if I were to take all the tithes in this, it would be absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and in some places, that, that's, that's the way that they think. They think that that's just the way it should be. And so they really plug, 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 offerings, 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 offerings. We don't take very many offerings. Why? Because we believe the tithes should go right back into everything that we do in all the ministries. And you should be very thankful that that pattern was established from the very founder coming through the founder, coming through the bishop, and it's instilled in me. I love this place. It would not be right for me to take all the ties and live off of that. I'm not doing that. You know why? Because I love this place. I think this place is the best place in the entire city. I believe our ministries are the best thing going. I believe T-Rockets and our school is the best thing going. So there's, there's tithing in the law, and then there's this fifth part. You add the fifth part, which is offering. Whether it's your herd, your flock. The tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. So the tenth is holy unto the Lord, and the fifth part is something that you just add to it. Praise God. Then there's some people that tithe their business, and they've watched their business flourish. He's not here tonight, and I won't mention his name, but he was in the old industry, and he had a business, and he started tithing on his business. And he said, you will not believe what happened when I started tithing on my business. So some people do that. You just cannot outgive God. And they say, well, that, that might be for me, and that's, that's interesting, or that might not be for me. But that's just something that some people have done, and they have seen that God has, has worked in that. They acknowledged God to be the owner of their land and themselves to be his tenants and they thanked him and supplicated his favor. We are taught in general in the scripture to give God our best. Our text verse said, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. We're living in an interesting world. We're living in a world right now where inflation is, is going up. And it's going up because politicians are flooding the market with money. And now you've got too much money chasing too few goods. All the production has been shut down for an entire year. Now you've got all this money flooding into the market. There's not enough goods. So lumber and everything else, all of your commodities, all of your groceries, your gas, everything has shot up about 5% inflation, which has not been for many, many, many years. And so what happens is your purchasing power goes down. And that's 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 where we are. Real estate's every everything is going up. We need to pray this lesson. The timing is perfect. We need to pray that in the midst of all of this, God is a provider. God appeared to Abraham when he took Isaac to Mount Moriah and he said, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the God that 
provides. I think right now we need to pray for everybody in this place that God is a provider. If you're needing something, we want to pray that God provides it. If God is doing great things in your life, we want to pray that God continues to bless. I believe that the people of God should be a people that are different because they understand this principle than anybody else in this city. There ought to be good jobs that you walk into. There ought to be situations that you walk into and promotions that you walk into because God understands that you are a child of God and you understand that you're just taking care of what he gives you. God can only bless you with what you give him back. You want to live for God small? Don't give him a whole lot. You want to live for God and see God's blessing be big? Give God big everything that you've got and see what God does with it. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now and let's pray together. God, we want your hand and your ability ability and your strength and your provisions to be poured out on families and individuals and young people and married couples and elders. We agree together in this place tonight and we ask for your ability and your anointing. Praise God. Give to us a testimony that you stepped in at the right time, that you made a way and you gave an opportunity and it was your blessing that was poured out. Amen. Let's give God thanks for that. Praise God. You can be seated. I'll only be just a few more minutes. Jesus gives to us an understanding that it's the principle that matters more than the money because the Pharisees were very, very good. In Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23, they were good at paying their money, but they didn't understand the principle. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and come and, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, faith. These ought you have to done not to leave the other undone. He wasn't saying that tithing was a negative. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing, but it was with, with the wrong attitude, and they didn't understand the principle of it. And so he pointed this out to them. He said, you're blind guides which strain at a gnat and you swallow a camel. The principle is something I've got to grasp. And when I get a grasp of the principle, then the indication that I understand that comes out in what I do with my money. Now, here's what's fascinating. Why would God do that? If tongues are a sign of the Holy Ghost and the tongue is obvious, then the same thing happens with money. Because this is, if, if, you're, if you're going to make a determination, right, of, of how you value God's blessing and your goodness, what tangible thing are you going to attach to understanding that principle? Money is it. Usually when people talk about money, ooh, everybody freezes up. He's after my money again. Well, I'm not after your money. I'm after the principle of the matter. That's what I'm after. Because if I can get you to understand the principle of the matter, God is going to bless you. And because God's going to bless you, you're going to bless all of us. And the church is going to be blessed. And your family is going to be blessed. And then people associated in within the realm of your influence is going to be blessed. And you're going to make the world a better place because you're a blessed person. Now, I don't know if we need to do this. I don't know if we need to do this. Every once in a while, I've said, let's all just jump up and give in the offering because I think it's good that there is a move.
to the offering plate. Even if you got 25 cents, it's a good move. Just like it's a good move to the altar. When there's an altar uh, happening, there's an altar service happening, we should move to the altar. Why? Because that's a good move and people get caught up in that. And so when the offering plates are out, if you've got, if you've got two pennies to rub together, it's a good move to say, I'm celebrating God's blessing and God's goodness. And so sometimes I'll say, borrow from your neighbor if you don't have any money. Let's come give an offering. People have gotten upset with that. Can you believe that? I can't believe he's doing that kind of stuff. What in the world? He's lost his mind. No, I haven't lost my mind. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying to convince you to realize the value of the principle that God's blessing is upon your life. And it's a good move forward. There's Praise God, Sister Henesis. It's good to see you in the house of God. When did you show up? Yesterday. Hallelujah. We got all the Colosso girls up here on the front row. Let's give them a hand. You may be losing some of them here in a few days. Going back to school. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Praise God. No, I'm just kidding. Praise God. Some places go like slap dab crazy about it. It's like a huge celebration. Where we're going to give an offering, boom, the place blows up. And they've created a culture of that. Why do I, you know, I don't, I don't know that we need to do that, okay? But we need to understand the principle. Offering is important. Luke chapter 21 and verse number 1, I'm almost finished. He looked up and he saw the rich man casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a certain poor widow casting in her thither two mites. And he said, of a truth I say unto you, this poor widow hath cast in more than they all, for all these have of their abundance cast into the offering of God, but she of, who, of her penury, of, of her, her poor status, her lack of resources, hath cast in all the living she hath. You see that? God's, God's not interested in the amount Oh, he's the biggest tithe payer. She's the biggest tithe payer. Really misses the point, right? Because if the biggest tithe payer is putting in money because they want to be the biggest tithe payer, they've missed the principle. What God looks at is, is the, the attachment of the heart and the understanding of the principle that what I'm giving to God, it may be small, but it's not insignificant in God's eyes. She was giving willingly, not grudgingly. Willingly, not grudgingly. The strength of a church is bound up in its doctrine and its teaching. You got a lot of churches that are abandoning doctrine and teaching. They're going more toward entertainment. You got a lot of churches that are completely drying up because they don't have the principles of tithing and offering instituted into they're church members, and so you run into difficult times, and now in a few days there's going to be buildings at discount prices because people are not flooding into churches. They are leaving churches because churches have become too woke. We're not preaching about sin anymore. We're actually aligning ourselves with popular culture. This cannot be, ladies and gentlemen. It cannot be. We got to be nice. We got to be kind. We've got to be like Jesus, but we got to preach the scripture. 
We got to preach the word. Praise God. We need to preach repentance. We need to preach a new birth experience. She gave willingly, not grudgingly. This is a principle that's not just connected to money. Amen. It's connected to our worship. I give God my worship willingly, not grudgingly. I give God my time willingly, not grudgingly. And my talents willingly, not grudgingly. Now watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. As they come to the instruments tonight. How much do you want to be blessed? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says this. But this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also Bountifully. Don't be a miser in your worship. Don't be restrictive in your praise. Be bountiful in it. Give God everything. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. And give God your very Colossians or Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 8 says, For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint Praise God. Finally, thank you, Brother McAllister. That's all we'll need tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 7 really kind of wraps all of this together. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. What does God love? He loves a cheerful giver, a giver of everything, not just your finances, but a giver of everything. Praise God. As we stand together in the house of God, I want to be a cheerful giver. Praise God. I want to cheerfully give to the things of God and the work of God. Why don't we lift up our hands and our voice in this place tonight and let's give God, let's give to God. Praise God, our praise and our effort tonight. Lord, I thank you and praise you. Hallelujah. My, 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 I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Matter of fact, if you feel it, why don't you step up into the front here and just say, I'm going to step out and I'm going to make a declaration to God that God, you have, you have, you have blessed me so very, very much. You've blessed me. And I recognize that everything that I have is is from you it may not be as much as others but it's what i have and i thank you and i praise you and i ask for those blessings and that anointing and that power god hallelujah praise god i feel the holy ghost come on god god knows exactly what you're praying hallelujah hallelujah Praise God, praise God. Come on. God, I thank you and praise you. I open my, 
I open my spirit and my heart to you. Hallelujah. I want to give to you everything. I don't want to do it grudgingly, Lord. <laughs> but I want to give it to you willingly, willingly. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, connected to it is thanksgiving, thanksgiving. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I've got clothes on my back. I thank you that there's food on the table. I thank you that you open doors and you close doors. I thank you that I have the ability to get here. I thank you for the house of God. I thank you for brothers and sisters that support the work of God and the things of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. I give it to you cheerfully. 